Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious, the oh-so-humbly luxurious <laughs> corner booth. With my sidekick, Tom Dorian. Yes. Tom, you doing all right? I'm well. And you? I'm doing fantastic. I see that. You got your got your apple fritter in front of you? Yeah. You're set. I'm, I like to adventure. Those things are as big as my head. Yeah, and you get a large Those head. Those are big fritters. Uh, Tom Dorian cannot wear a normal hat, <laughs> so he's got a big head. Well, let me just say this. Uh, so, Thank um, you. We, we are, we are, you know, kind of, we're going to talk about sin today. Excellent. You know, and so I know I just said this that. Be I, a great people subject. listening to the radio just kind of thought, well, click. Let, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see if there's some music on. Uh, you know, we need to talk about sin. And I'll tell you why we need to talk about sin. I was talking to a couple of guys the other day, and uh, they didn't know the difference between a mortal and a venial sin. Yep. Now, we go around life, you know, as Catholics, mm-hmm. and we assume a lot of stuff, right? There was a day when we had, like, really Catholic education was really hitting all this basic stuff and maybe people preaching more about it. I don't know what the what the deal is. Maybe over the last 50 or 60 years, the church mm-hmm. has done a maybe a little poorer job of catechizing. I think we'd all kind of agree that this is one of the reasons why the last three Holy Fathers have talked about a new evangelization. And, yeah, and, and, well, I, yes, I agree, and I know I'm interrupting. I apologize. That's right, but that. also there's a personal responsibility. I'll just take a bite of my apple fritter. <laughs> there's also a personal responsibility. You know, yeah. you got to do some digging yourself along the way and pay attention and some of this stuff doesn't slip past you. Exactly right. And we, we should. Can't so, put it all on one party. No, and I don't want to blame anybody, but I will say it just has made things more difficult. Yes. Right? And so we go through life, a lot of times you're talking to folks and you're just assuming yeah. you're a Catholic, aren't you? Yeah. You go to Mass every Sunday? Yeah. You know, and so <laughs> so you know this, don't you? No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. And and uh, these one of these guys didn't even really understand what it took to make a mortal sin. Because, you know, we, we, we use that word a lot. Right. We pop that word around there. Boom, boom. Mortal, mortal, mortal. You know. Right. Oh, thank goodness that's only venial. You know. Yeah. And so we don't really understand what makes a sin mortal. Yeah. And and why there would even be different kinds of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't a sin a sin? If you do something bad, you're going to hell. You know, and that's kind of extreme point of view. But uh, some people think that. Yeah. And might even build their lives or faith lives around that, and they kind of live in fear of doing something bad. Mm-hmm. And the reality is we really need to understand what the church teaches about sin, especially from the concept of understanding the differences within sin, right? Yeah. The two differences. We've got venial and mortal sin. And so we're going to do a little show about that, talk about some of it's these a issues. Tough topic, man. It is. And so we'll try to be uh, uh, brief uh, and yet thorough. Yes. We're going to try to do that. Thank you. We're going to look first at Scripture. I like to go to Scripture and help people understand, especially our separated brothers and sisters, people who aren't Catholic, mm-hmm. who are like going, why do y'all talk about them mortal sins? Left down south, by the way, we talk like that. <laughs> you know, what's the deal with the mortal sin? Where do you get that from? Right. Right. Isn't a sin a sin? Yes. Well, St. John helps us with that. Let's hear from him. His, his first we? letter, chapter 5, let's look at verses 16 and 17 of uh, the first letter of St. John. If anyone sees his brother committing what is not a mortal sin, he will ask, and God will give him life for those whose sin is not mortal. There is sin which is mortal. I do not say that one is to pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, 
but there is sin which is not mortal. Now, mm-hmm. it seems kind of a confusing way to say it, but essentially he's helping us understand there is there's a difference. There's two different kinds of sin. Right. Mortal and, mortal and not, not mortal. mortal. Right. He doesn't use the word venial, but mortal and not mortal. Right. And so it's important for us to understand, well, you know, by the fact that there is sin which is not mortal, that means there also is sin which is mortal. Right. And he even goes on to say something important where he says, um, you know, uh, I do not say one is to pray for that. It's just just simply praying doesn't make that mortal sin go away. Right. Right. That's where we have to go to sacramental confession. Yeah. To uh, to help deal with that situation yeah. in our lives. But yeah. it's important for us to understand there is mortal sin and there is non-mortal sin. Mm-hmm. Right. And, well, what does that mean? And what are things that would kind of qualify? Does the Bible ever even tell us of things that we would have to watch out for that when we say mortal Obviously, that has to do with uh, uh, you know our mortality, right? The mortician, right? We talk about death, mm-hmm. right? So things that would kill us, mm-hmm. and more importantly, kill our relationship with God, yeah, right. And so, does the Bible kind of lay any things out like that? I got a feeling it's yes. Yeah, the answer, the answer is, is yes. yes. Yeah, and and Saint Paul's all over it, man. He is yeah. the he is the harbinger of truth. Yep. He loves to uh, he loves to, uh, to to stand on the street he corner. He doesn't pull punches. Yeah, and let people know this. We'll just take one of the examples in uh, his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter six, verses nine and ten. He says, "Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God?" And someone, if they stop there, they go, "Wrongdoers? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I was oh. <laughs> I was chewing gum in church. Mama said that was wrong. I'm right. going to hell." <laughs> Now, he clarifies, and he helps us understand that we're, this is the kind of wrongdoing we're talking about. He says, do not be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, sodomites, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, revilers, robbers, gum chewers. No, I'm kidding. He didn't add the gum chewers. He says, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, That's wrong. Now, but absolutely, you know, in, not inheriting the kingdom of God, that means going to hell. Let's be clear. Yeah. Right? It means not going to you know, eternal bliss mm-hmm. in heaven with the Lord. So St. Paul, now he, we could go on and on about the process. Does that mean that anyone who's ever fornicated is going to go to hell? That's not what that means. What, what we would in our, our theology would help people understand is that someone who has committed one of those mortal sins, if they were penitent, if they were sorry for that and deeply sorry, and they went and asked for forgiveness from mm-hmm. the Lord, mm-hmm. especially through sacramental confession, then then they would they would they would be spared the eternal pains of hell as the old timers might say right right but so that's not what saint paul's talking about but he is saying that there are bad sins that will cause us to go to hell right right and essentially that's what the church teaches not in a punishment sort of way mm-hmm. but really in a in a compassionate merciful sort of way to help us understand that there are consequences to our actions right Right, and we need to we need to realize there, that there are consequences. Now, to help us do this, the church will define sins in two different ways. Mm-hmm. We've already said them, mm-hmm. but they're venial and mm-hmm. mortal. Right. And so, this venial sin, if we look at the Latin root of, of venial, we see venia, which venia just means pardon or forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Right. And which, so that means it's a pardonable sin. Mm-hmm. So a venial sin is one that can be forgiven or one that can be pardoned. Right. Right. And, you know, that's also, uh, consequently, uh, related to Venus or that we've heard of Venus, yeah. the goddess of who? Love. There you go. Right. So Venus is love. So okay. we see the connection, venial yeah. and Venus. But a venial sin is one that is pardonable. Right. Right. You're still in God's love mm-hmm. there. Okay, but then there's mortal sin, 
mm-hmm. right? And we said that the Latin there is mortalis, and obviously that means death. Right. Right. So a sin that causes death or severs our relationship with God. Severs, cuts off, eliminates, gone. Not good stuff. That's not good. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is a, it is a, um, it is a hard line there. It's not like a fuzzy gray area. It's black right. and white. Right. Right. And I want people to understand it severs that relationship with God. So we want to be clear. So the the church lays those two types out there. And I want to read a couple of passages from the Catechism that will help us further understand these things about venial and mortal sin and the fact that there are differences between the two. So here in paragraph 1855 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, we read this. Mortal sin destroys charity in the heart of a man by a grave violation of God's law. It turns man away from God, who is his ultimate end and his beatitude, by preferring an inferior good to him. Venial sin allows charity to subsist even though it offends and wounds it. So to be clear, we want to go back and show that in this paragraph, mortal sin destroys charity, mm-hmm. and venial sin actually just wounds charity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean venial sin is good. Right. Right? Venial sin is better than mortal sin. Mortal sin destroys charity. Right. Right? Your love for others and your ability to be loved is destroyed, especially mm-hmm. your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Right? through mortal sin. Venial sin, actually, it just allows charity to continue, but it's wounded. Right. Right? So we have to be, we have to be mindful that it's not just that, uh, uh, that uh, simple delineation that says venial sins. Oh, it's no fun. It's fun. The problem is right. the venial sin. Just a little sin. There are little sins, but they can lead to big sins. Yeah, that's, I know that's where you're going. Yeah, we're going to, well, we're going to talk about more of that in a second, but I want to dwell on mortal sin for a second. Okay. Mortal sin is the one that kills. We want to get to the, you know, the really powerful stuff first. Okay. And I want to help clear up something that a lot of people have a misunderstanding about with, with mortal sin. They think a mortal sin is a mortal sin is a mortal sin. Mm-hmm. That if you uh, eat meat on Fridays during Lent, you've committed a mortal sin. If you uh, don't go to uh, Mass on Sunday, a uh, whole day of obligation, you've committed a mortal sin. You're going to hell. If you, you know, beat up your grandmother, you've committed a mortal sin. You're going to hell. Now, you may very well have committed mortal sins in all those situations. Mm-hmm. However, for a mortal sin to be an actual mortal sin, mm-hmm. there are three conditions the church speaks of that have to take place. And again, okay. we read that. I'm not making this up. We read that in uh, paragraph 1857 okay. of the Catechism. For a sin to be mortal, three conditions must together be met. Mortal sin is sin whose object is grave matter and which is also committed with full knowledge and deliberate consent. Now, we need to talk about that because that's important for us to understand. Wow, I see a loophole in there. Well, you say loophole, but the reality <laughs> is a lot of times there are situations where people will, there'll be grave matter. Remember, we, we talk about grave. Mm-hmm. That's what goes in a grave, a dead body. Right. Right. So a great grave matter is what is part of a mortal sin. Mm-hmm. Those words kind of go together. Mm-hmm. Right. So a person can, can have, uh, be involved in grave matter, something very serious, and yet they may not understand the impact that that sin would have on their spiritual lives. The they've never been told. They, they, they really don't understand fully. Maybe they're not able to comprehend. Maybe they're too young. Maybe they're mentally uh, diminished capacity in some way, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and then there's also this full consent of the will mm-hmm. that you have, to, you have to know that it's serious, understand the consequences of its seriousness and what mm-hmm. it will do to your life, and then you have to do it anyway of your own free will. Right. Well, some people might be uh, burdened uh, 
psychologically, spiritually, through habit of, of committing some sin over and over and over in their lives, uh, some kind of impurity of their body or something like this, these are things that might actually diminish the culpability of the sin and take the mortality to lift it a bit. Mm-hmm. So we want to be clear that first, it's not always a cut and dried thing. You won't ever hear a priest say, if you don't do this, you have committed a mortal sin. Right. Right. So the action is important, right? The grave action is important. However, we also we have to be mindful of this idea of full knowledge, mm-hmm. right? And also full consent of the will. Mm-hmm. It's serious. I know it's serious. I know what it's going to do to me. I'm going to do it anyway. Well, you do all three of those things. That's a mortal that's sin. A mortal sin. Yep. And that's why it's good to have a spiritual director or a priest confessor who can help you in determining what those those kind of things are uh, and why. But also I do want to one real quick thing before we take a break and talk about this idea of what a venial sin is. Venial mm-hmm. sin weakens charity. This is paragraph 1863. Mm-hmm. Venial sin weakens charity. It manifests a disordered affection for created goods. It impedes the soul's progress in the exercise of the virtues and the practice of the moral good. It merits temporal punishment. Deliberate and unrepented venial sin disposes us little by little to commit mortal sin. Right, that's right. And there's more there, but little by little, those venial sins are not good. No. They do wound, and more and more wounds build up to be a pretty big you know, exactly situation right. for the body, right? right? Well, so much so for the, the the soul, right? You know, it can be bad. So we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back more to talk about uh, these different kinds of sin and uh, maybe how to determine, uh, maybe some big questions that might come from these these conversations. Is it, is it a having. mortal sin if they turn the dial? I think it might be. Okay. I think it should be, but it probably right. isn't. Yeah. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. Right. Either way, we want you to come back you right go. after this. I'm Bess Trzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. There was no greater man born of woman. These words of Jesus Christ himself reflect the greatness of St. John the Baptist. A cousin of Jesus, John's birth was miraculous. His mother Elizabeth conceived John despite being past her childbearing years and previously unable to have children. While he was performing his priestly duties in the temple at Jerusalem, John's father, Zechariah, was told by the angel Gabriel that his wife was to have a child and they should call him John. Because he doubted, Zechariah was struck mute and could not talk again until after the child's birth when he wrote on a tablet that the child would be called John. Several months later, After being told by the angel Gabriel that she would be the mother of Jesus, Mary was also told that Elizabeth, her kinswoman, was in her sixth month of pregnancy, and Mary thereafter went to assist Elizabeth with John's birth. The Gospel of Luke records that the unborn John leapt in Elizabeth's womb upon hearing the greeting of Mary, who was pregnant with the Christ child. As an adult, John lived an ascetic life, spending most of his time in the desert wearing coarse camel hair and eating a diet of honey and wild locusts. John was a fervent preacher, calling the people to repent for their sins. John attracted many followers, baptizing them in the River Jordan as a sign of the filthy state of their souls before God and their need of spiritual cleansing. John also preached that he was merely a precursor and a Messiah was following him, that he was not even fit to loosen his sandals. 
Jesus began his public ministry by asking John to baptize him, which happened despite John's protests that Jesus should be baptizing John. After the baptism, God descended like a dove upon Jesus, and it was heard from above, This is my beloved Son, listen to him. John directed his followers to follow Jesus, saying about Jesus, He must increase while I must decrease. John was imprisoned and beheaded by Herod Antipas after publicly preaching the king's need of repentance for incestuously marrying his brother's wife, Herodias. John the Baptist is considered the last of the great prophets of the Old Testament and the bridge with the New Testament. His principal feast day is celebrated on June 24th. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we're talking about sin. Isn't that always great that we're sitting here with a big sugary apple fritter in front of me, and I'm talking about sin. And it's such luxury. That's right. It's virtually mortal. No, there's holes in our uh, naugahyde seats, just so people know and they no. understand. Don't kid yeah, yourself. I had this little, is beautiful. Yeah, I know Chandeliers. you think it's beautiful. That's exactly right. Well, anyway, let's talk about... Let's. Now, so we've sort of defined mortal and venial sins. We have. But there's still questions out there. Okay. People start to ask some of these big questions. And essentially what we do, you know, the, the church helps us understand a couple of different things first and foremost. And that is like all sin is bad. Yes. There are terrible things that happen with mortal sin. But there's also bad things, wounding, that happens with venial sin. Yes. And it's important for us to understand that. Um, but then there are also degrees of sin. There's some sins are worse than others. And so that actually brings in a little problem for a lot of folks. It's mm-hmm. like, well, is that really that bad or is that, which is worse? You hear this a lot. You know, which, which is worth murdering an old lady right. or abortion, which is worse stealing, uh, you know, a million dollars or a loaf of bread, right? You know, and there's the hardliners will say either one is, you know, terrible. Uh, <laughs> and, and there, they are either one terrible, both are bad, but they're actually degrees even of mortal sin, the church would tell us. Right. And we want to be clear about that. And that's why, again, I'm going to reiterate the importance of having a spiritual director. The oh, importance the of going right to a, a priest confessor. They can help that's you. That's the key. They're schooled in theology. Yep. Right? They're going to help you understand as you confess or as you speak about a personal sin. You know, Tom, you come to me all the time with your personal sins. I say, look, I'm going to plug my ears and go, ah, da, 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 I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Uh, And I'm kidding. But uh, the point is you you need to have a spiritual director who's able to really – you're able to confide in, and they're going to tell you honestly what is and is not a mortal sin. And they'll help you determine that uh, through the process. But there are other things. There are other big questions that people start to have. Mm -hmm. Like what does the church teach about mortal sins and going to hell? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and people think, well, does the church still teach about going to hell? Is that really still going to, yes. you know, is that still part of it? Yeah. Tom's right. Yes. They uh, do. And, and, and I want to say it in a way that, again, we're not we're not chucking folks into hell. Right. It's not what the church is about. Right. We, we are really are uh, about mercy and love and forgiveness because it's the right. church of God. Absolutely. You know, that was that was founded on the rock of St. Peter by Jesus himself. And so this is important for us to understand this is about love and mercy, compassion, about welcome, about acceptance. Mm-hmm. However, there have to be consequences to actions. Otherwise, you can't choose the right That's if right. you don't have the opportunity to do the wrong. And there to do the go. wrong, there needs to be a consequence that is the opposite of living with God in, in all eternity. And here's what the Catechism in paragraph 1861 says. Mortal sin is a radical possibility of human freedom. 
as is love itself. So you see mortal sin, right, is a possibility just the same way love is. You have the choice to love or the choice to hate, either one, Mm -hmm. right? You can choose selfishness or kindness or, Mm -hmm. right? So um, it results in the loss of charity and the privation of sanctifying grace. That is of the state of grace. Mm -hmm. So when you commit a mortal sin, you are outside the state of grace. If it is not redeemed by repentance and God's forgiveness, it causes exclusion from Christ's kingdom and the eternal death of hell. For our freedom has the power to make choices forever with no turning back. Mm -hmm. Now, again, that might sound heavy, Mm. but I think it needs to. I think we're in a world right now that kind of like, well, does sin really even exist? Yeah. I say, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there's some bad consequences to some of these really bad sins. We need to be aware of that. And, yes, the church does teach that if you have... One unrepentant, unrepented mortal sin that has left you out of God's grace, where you have excused yourself from his grace. He didn't kick you out, right? It's just yeah, like... You took yourself out. Yeah. God doesn't throw people into hell. No, hell they, is, hell they, is a door, and there's a handle on it, and we walk through it. Yeah, it's we, our choice. Yeah. It's the choices we make. Now, again, I don't want to scare people. But it's important for us to understand there are consequences. Yeah. And, I, and I say this like a, like a loving father. I've got nine kids, and I've had these conversations with them, and they love me, and I love them, and they know I love them. Yeah. But at the same time, they know I'm serious when I'm being serious. And sometimes you know, a father's love has to be a little stern and, and say, not lay down the law, but say, you know, there are serious consequences to our actions. Yeah. And we need to be aware of them that, yes, the church still teach, teaches this. Yeah. That's not some old-fashioned teaching that some no. old priest from 500 years ago that said one time. No. Oh, no, no. It's still, still ongoing. Right. may not always hear about it, but that's still the truth, and we have to be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Now, another big question that comes up is, isn't God all-loving and all-merciful? So does mortal sin actually exist? And that's a great question. Because you got yeah. folks yes going through, yes. like, well... Yeah, mortal sin still exists. And God is merciful. He is all loving and merciful. Yeah. All loving. All, he is by definition. He's the definition of love. Mm-hmm. He's all love. Mm-hmm. And he's all mercy. He said, well, how can a merciful God, how can a loving God throw you into hell? There you go. You're throwing into hell again. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's just that he's all loving and all merciful. And we aren't always that. Right. And sometimes we choose not to love him back. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing. So, yes, he is all loving. He is all merciful. And yes, the church does teach that mortal sin still does actually exist. And we can actually sever our relationship. Even if my mom loves me just so dearly, mm-hmm. right? I can choose not to love her back. Mm-hmm. No matter how much she loves me, I can choose not to love her. In the same way God loves us, by definition, he is love, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to be careful with that as well. Because a lot of people can kind of fall into this trap of thinking, well, God is all merciful. He's going to forgive me no matter what. Give me a pass. Well, now we have the sin of presumption. You know, we'll do a show on that one day. Right. We don't want to presume on God's love. He right. does love us by definition, but when you presume upon it, you actually control him and force him to love you. Yeah. By your sort of definition, that's not a good thing to do either. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a good question that people always ask. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've had emails asking for this. Can you forward me or can you tell me where I can find a list of mortal sins? Right. People love to have lists, don't we? We they like do. to have something that's like concrete, black and white. Here's something I can go by. Yep, done that, done that. Ooh, yeah, did that one too. Oh, haven't done that. I'm pretty good. Haven't done that. You know, go down this list and we can check things off. Right. The truth is, no, there's not exactly a list. You, you can probably Google and find a list generated by somebody, but not by the church. Yeah. Right? It won't be like a, a priest or a bishop or even the pope or even the catechism. It was not going to list 
sins that are mortal sins, black and white. You do this, it's a more, you've committed a mortal sin. Remember, those three conditions have to take place. Right. Now, what you will find is the church is very good about helping us understand what is grave, serious, or mortal, or capital matter. Mm-hmm. The things that we do, is this a serious thing? And so you'll go through uh, all through the catechism, and it'll explain that, well, let's see, uh, murder, pornography, prostitution, uh, impure acts with our own body, contraception, breaking any of the Ten Commandments. These are all defined as grave matter, it'll say there. It'll say grave or it'll say serious. Mm-hmm. If it says grave or serious, then when you commit it with full knowledge mm-hmm. and with full consent of the will, you've committed a mortal sin. Right. 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 So there's not an exhaustive list, but there is a pretty good list of grave matter. Mm-hmm. We find that in our catechism. That's the best place to find it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can find a lot of stuff on the Internet, but the catechism is good. It's good. You know, that's the place where I would go to find all those things. So it's important for us to understand that. There's also another great question that I get all the time, and that is, you know, so aren't venial sins okay then? Right, if they're not no. severing our relationship. You know, we go back to that catechism reference that, that helps us to understand that, you know, as we commit Minial more and more of them. slippery slope. That's exactly right. That's what the, the catechism helps us understand and, and, and lets us know that, um, you know, step by step. So deliberate and unrepentant venial sin disposes us little by little. Yeah. Right? There's also this great quote from St. Augustine that's in the catechism. Uh, it says, he's talking about uh, um, venial sin. He says, while he is in the flesh, man cannot help but have at least some light sins. He calls them light sins. You know, L-I-T-E is what we think of, like the light beer, you know, with less right. calories. Well, he's talking about L-I-H-T, L-I-G-H-T, right. which would be a light sin. Right. doesn't have the same weight. But he says this, but do not despise these sins which we call light. If you take them for light when you weigh them, tremble when you count them. A number of light objects makes a great mass. A number of drops fills a river. A number of grains makes a heap. What then is our hope? Above all, confession. Yeah. Yeah, so confession is the answer. So rather than worry about all the stuff about all these different types of sins and whatnot, you know, man, spiritual direction, priest, confessor, they're going to help you through all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Confess it because all wrongdoing is sin, right? We, We understand that from the catechism, the teaching of the church. And you can go and confess venial sins. You don't have to. You're not obliged to do that. You know, holy water. Going to Mass, receiving the Eucharist, these will uh, alleviate uh, uh, venial sins Mm -hmm. and keep us in that sort of steadfast love of God. But the important thing is going to confession and having a a confessor, a priest that's going to help you figure out what is and is not a mortal sin. That's what's going to clear up all the big questions we have in our life. Right? So mortal and venial, uh, I hope you do neither. Right? Amen. 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 And we got to stay away from sin, don't we? Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we know that we are sinners. We thank you for sending your Son to willingly die on a cross that we might be reconciled with you and come to live with you in heaven for all eternity. And help us with your divine assistance to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. Amen. amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee.
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.